Welcome to Conversation on Legal Mountain, a podcast about the tribe. I'm your host, Lance, and joining me on episode 12 today is Hill. Hey, hey. Liz. Hello. And Sabine. Hi. We have episode notes done by Matt, Kata, and myself. So episode 12, the screenplay was done by Harry Duffin, and it was directed by Wayne Terrell. And the episode synopsis will be read out by Liz. Frightened by ghastly sounds coming from beneath the mall, the guys accompany Lex into the sewers to investigate. That is, all but Bray, who seems to know what the others are after. But the group may have an even bigger problem when a leak in the water tank is discovered. Episode 12 kicks off with a mysterious creature roaming the mall. And this is this scene where we see Lex try to enforce his ideas on gender roles by gathering up all the boys to patrol while all the girls are left to hide in the distance really um with time critical he quickly concedes and agrees that the girls at least arm themselves as they huddle in the cafe however there's one member of the group who refuses to help which is bray um yeah before we look at bray um let's turn a bit to poor paul because um <laughs> brave young boy wants to help out but lex quickly shoots him down lex sir what Paul wants to come with you. No way! He's deaf, he'll be a liability. All the girls and cowards can stay behind. Um, so a couple of questions here, but first of all, do you agree with Lex's reasonings for refusing Paul's help? Um, <clears throat> I, I want to give Lex the benefit of the doubt in that for him, he does see Paul as a liability and he can't protect everyone on his team if they don't have all their senses. Um, but at the same time, I feel like this is one of the things where Lex is lacking in his leadership abilities. He isn't able to see what everyone can bring to the table. So if he thinks you're useless, he immediately writes you off. And um, that off, that's just not conducive to getting everyone to work with you and want to work with you when you basically tell people, you're useless at this, don't want you, get out of here. Um, he doesn't do it under the guise of protecting Paul or I don't want you to get hurt, Paul, just you're useless to us, get out of here. And Paul already feels, you know, really sensitive about his disability. And here's this guy basically telling him that it makes him a useless object in his life. And so where I want to give him the benefit of the doubt, I just can't. It's not cool. It's not cool, man. No, it really, it really wasn't. But Lex could have done so much better. Like a nicer approach would have been telling him to look after the women, make him feel like he has an important job. But yeah, I get why Lex would not think of that in the heat of the moment. I think it was just very one track. Like, he does say that he's a liability, and I think someone who doesn't work enough with, like, the deaf community probably doesn't realize that he isn't as big as a liability. Um, but yeah, so I think it was just a naive thing to say. It's quite funny, though, yeah, because um, obviously Paul's already, like, proven his worth, if yeah. you want, by obviously alerting them all to Zoot. So it's like, I don't know, Lex should have kind of picked up on he that, I think. Yeah, but even, like, you know, that's in, like, a quiet area, like, you know, in a heat of battle, it might not become, you know, one of his stronger suits kind of thing, like, mm -hmm. that makes sense, like, there's a lot going on, like, even in, like, a crowded room with a lot of people, I, who am full of hearing, have sometimes hard time, like, bouncing off different conversations, so, you know, if he couldn't, Paul, at one point, couldn't, see that a ball was coming when they threw the ball right they said you have to make sure that he's looking at you so if you're in a battle and he's not looking at you but you're trying to say something i think that's where it was going towards yeah that makes sense yeah and i mean if you think about it even if paul would have been able to hear would lex really have had any use for a child that age to come along with them lex has already made it clear he does not consider paul useful in any source anyway i mean even when it's not about protecting them all every time he has to decide what to do with paul he's just like ugh, put him in this group i don't want to deal with him i don't want to think about him he just he didn't see paul as a person as any he's, he's more respectful to bob than he is to paul and yeah but he's not respectful to patsy either or chloe i mean uh, they're they're little kids in his world 
it's probably a combination of dealing with a littler child and also having a child with a disability, in all honesty. Yeah, I I think it could really be both. Yeah. You know, like, here, I don't know how to deal with younger children. Plus, you throw on this child who is deaf, and I really don't know what to do now. But he also hasn't made an effort, either. So it's a catch-22. He hasn't made an effort, but, I mean, if you think you're going into battle against something unknown, would you take a child with you? I mean, yeah, I get that they're technically all children, but there's quite an age difference between Dal and Paul. Yeah, that, that brings us on to the next question, really. Like, Should everyone have been allowed to tackle the threat together as a group, like safety in numbers? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, it can go either way. Like, you know, I, on one hand, I see, you know, the safety in numbers. On the other hand, I see not everyone being able to hold their own in a fight situation. Like, these guys really haven't been tested with the unknown assailant. You know, we had Zoot in the mall where we all kind of saw him. And now it's this scary thing in those sewers. And we, we don't know if there's one. We don't know if there's a hundred. I think the point of the scene is it's not that everyone should have gone to fight because you're going to have people who aren't any good in it and who aren't interested in it. You know, Zandra doesn't want to fight anybody. She wants to stay behind and be protected. Um, Amber wants to, and she should have the opportunity to do so. I think the point of the scene is that while Lex is right, that people who are capable should be the ones going out to take care of it. And the people who are not should stay behind where they'll be safe and they're not a liability. He's making this judgment based on, you know, his sexist parameters. And it's like, you telling me that Dal can protect you better than Amber? He's two feet shorter than her. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's what I think the point of that scene is, is that it's a good idea to send the fighters forward, the ones who can defend themselves and think quick. Um, But you can't do it based on gender, you know? Um, And that's Lex's problem. He just immediately relegates all the girls to useless and all the guys to the fighters, and even the guys are like, oh, <laughs> we don't want to do this, we're scared. And um, so, yeah, that's where it's just, uh, no, I don't think everyone should go out there because no. they're not all going to be good at it, but you shouldn't decide who's going to be good at it based on what body parts they happen to have. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What lasting effect do you think this would have on Paul's confidence, like being relegated as both useless and then one of the girls oh that poor kid that's awful i mean we live in a society where boys are basically told and taught at a young age that to be compared to a woman is the worst thing that could ever happen to you you throw like a girl you hit like a girl you look like a girl Mm -hmm. we teach our young men that that's the worst thing anyone could ever say to you because women are worthless you know and so you have this child who's like 10 years old and wants to prove his worth, who's basically being told, you are absolutely worthless. And he's a child who has to fight in this world because of a disability he's had his whole life. And it's already hard enough to tackle this world with his disability. And yet he's never able to prove himself. He wants to be a part of this tribe. He's trying to do his bit. And when the authorities who are in charge of your safety are basically telling you you're worthless to them, I can't, that's, that's horrifying. That's, I I just think about this child and knowing that he's going to disappear soon hurts my heart. You know, Mm -hmm. I can't imagine someone saying that to my daughter. My daughter is on the spectrum and I can't imagine her being in this situation where someone just tells her, you're not normal and you're no good because of it. I I would stab him. (laughs) I really would. (laughs) Don't you ever make my child feel this way. (laughs) I don't care what your excuse is. It's not okay to do that to someone. It just, the mom in me comes out, tiger mom. (laughs) I suppose you think this is very funny. Not especially. Letting everybody get into a blind panic. The kid's terrified. And all the time you knew. You knew what it was, didn't you? Yes. Well, why didn't you say something? What are you playing at, Bray? Well, I promised Chloe I wouldn't tell her secret. Oh, that's absurd. No, Amber, I don't break promises. Oh, Mr. High and Mighty, Mr. Self-Righteous. You are a number one selfish jerk. Uh, okay, let's um, move on to Bray, good old Bray. Um, <laughs> Bray obviously refuses to go with Lex and the others when Lex demands they will patrol because obviously he knows that it is Bluebell. Um, obviously, as the rest of the tribe are surprised by him being a coward, Amber later visits him and Trudy and she realises what is going on. 
after everything's come out, obviously Bray explains that he made a promise to keep a secret to Chloe. Um, let's just latch onto that for a moment. Like, is this a valid excuse for not diffusing what is a really serious situation of an unknown threat invading the mall and basically allowing everyone to panic? No. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely not. I mean, I get that it's hilarious to send Lex after it like that, but I mean, come on, he, he could have told the girls what was going on the moment Lex and the others left that part of the building. All, like, every time I watch this, like, I love, like, him and Trudy laughing about the fact that it's a cow, and I think that's adorable, yeah. but then, like, he winds everyone up, and, you know, there are young kids, and... You know, the kids do hold it very well together, but in a real situation, like, you know, everyone's so high strung and over nothing. And to not diffuse the situation earlier, like, so that we could all laugh that we all got scared by a cow in the sewer. Like, I just think it's a dick move on his part, mm-hmm. just to be it, honest. It, it, I it is. I, it I is. just totally get wanting to wind Lex up and finding it hilarious that Lex is trying to get other people to go with him because he doesn't dare to go face this little cow on his own. But yeah, I do think it's mean that he didn't tell the girls and Paul what was going on. He's just being a self-righteous prig, you know? He really yeah. is. He thinks, oh, he thinks yeah, that. He himself, well, it's not dangerous, so it's okay to watch everyone get upset. He thinks it's funny to laugh at Lex. But hello, Lex at least was willing to do something. Yeah. He didn't know it wasn't a threat. He didn't know. And yet he was still willing to go out there and do his part and protect his tribe. And, you know, Bray sitting here all high and mighty like, ha ha. And it's like, what have you done for this tribe? Yeah. Lex has problems, tons of them. He's a horrible person, but he is a proactive one. Okay. And he's at least willing to do things to achieve what he's trying to do. And you're just sitting on your butt judging everybody and you're no better than anyone. And so, yeah, I just think he's being a, a total dick. <laughs> like, it, it does make me wonder what would Bray have done if he hadn't known what it was? Because part, yeah. part of me still feels he would have gone with the guys if he no, had no clue what that. it was. No. no, he still would have stayed behind he, to protect Yeah, Trudy. he would have stayed with Trudy. Yeah. I think. Yeah. It's going to take Bray a while before he decides to get on board with his team. When he does, he will. We'll see in the future. When there's a threat, he will be yeah. there by Lex's side. But right now, I don't think he's there. No. I really don't. It would, like, no matter if Lex is involved, Bray would have just been like, nope, it's your your call in your circus, and I'm not having anything to do with it at this point. Because that's, that's what they do. He doesn't, Lex is the perceived threat, and he doesn't want to be on his team. Mm-hmm. Can I just say how adorable it looked having Bray and Trudy have that moment together with the baby on the bed, finally laughing about something? once it is cute but there's something i was wondering about that scene when you first see them bray is laughing just as hard as trudy he clearly has just told her what it is and they're both just a giggling and having a good laugh over it but then when we return to them after everyone knows it was just a cow trudy's still laughing and bray's like it's not that funny trudy and it's like bray you thought it was funny and suddenly she's laughing too much she's enjoying it too much for you Mm -hmm. Why are you such a judgmental prick? <laughs> Isn't that right after Amber rips into him, though? Yeah, she hasn't yet. Before. She hasn't ripped into oh, okay. him before, yeah. Because I was so, going to say, maybe it's because Amber, so but... It's like, you're the one who caused this, and now he's acting like, well, it's not that funny, Trudy. I'm like, uh, yeah. then, if you didn't think it was funny, why'd you do this? And now he's acting all yeah. self-righteous. Like, oh, no, I just I was just keeping a promise, and I wasn't trying to make a fool out of Lex. Like, yes, you were. <laughs> yes, you yeah. were. He told Ugh. He's just so judgmental. So is Amber, though. Oh, yeah. I don't think she's anywhere near as bad as him. She's, really yeah, don't. she's not as bad as she's her. Nowhere they near deserve her. each other. No. No. Oh, Sabine, stop. No. <laughs> Sorry. In fact, just thinking about that in this episode, watching Bray make eyes at Amber, I'm like, she's too good for you. <laughs> right? I, ugh. I, I, really, like, I didn't realize how much Bray annoyed me in season one because this is the first time I've had to watch it and like analyze it rather than just enjoy the ride. And I'm just like, oh, Bray, I, I really don't like you as much as I thought I did. Ugh, you're gross. <laughs> you're gross. 
I've never been a huge Bray fan. So she's like, mm. I used to love season one Bray, but now that I have to actually mm. analyze his actions, I just, I don't <laughs> like this guy. I don't. Yeah. And I'm like, Amber, run, sweetie. You deserve yeah. so much better. So much better. You're upsetting the baby. Oh, why don't you just take her away then? In fact, why don't you just all go, all of you? What? You are both so selfish. You do nothing to help. You take and never give. You use Celine like a slave. She's pushed her way in. She's after Bray. Trudy. You. You think you're so intelligent, so clever. Winding Lex up, trying to humiliate him. Well, at least he had the guts to stand for leader. Hey, I don't believe in leaders. Well, what precisely do you believe in then, Bray? Anything? Nothing? Perhaps when you've figured it out, you can come down off your pedestal and tell us poor little morons. Yeah, let's talk about that, because that was glorious. Amber's, Amber's always great when she has a rant. And <laughs> when she's yes. Indian Bray, it is so good to see when she basically just tells them to leave because they're doing absolutely nothing, they're useless, and all they do is take from everyone and everyone. <laughs> so that was fantastic. But um, what do you think of Amber's points there? Um, well, yeah, was, was she right about her assessment of the two? Oh, she was spot on. Oh, yeah. I, I, there's not a thing I find wrong with what she said to them. It's somebody needed to. You know, I I love that scene with Amber. Like, I think I said it earlier, like, just her ripping into Bray. Like, I can't find the quotes, but I love that scene. Amber is one of the most patient people ever. And if you make her upset, you've done messed mm -hmm. up, you know, um, because she's quick to forgive and let things go. You know, even in the next scene when she's talking to Trudy, she's welcoming. Hi, how are you? You know, I would have been like, get out of my room. I'm still mad at you. <laughs> you do nothing to help and you uh, you take and you never give. Mm -hmm. Like that, that is like the nail on the head right there. Like that's so true of both of them. And, you know, here we're having to do something and you just sit there and laugh about it. What exactly do you believe in, Bray? Anything? Yeah. Nothing? Maybe when you figured out, you can get off your high horse and tell the rest of us little morons. I'm like, oh, yeah, because that's his, his whole attitude. Yeah. I'm better yeah. than all of you. I already know what the world should be like. And it's like, well, then do something about it. And, you know, Trudy, you're upsetting the baby. Like, then take her away. We didn't ask for a baby. You're the one who begged to stay here. And you've made us nothing but miserable since you mm. arrived. I loved it. Everything she said. Like, you were right yeah. on. Yeah, <laughs> Amber was on point. <laughs> she was. And it's, it, it also reminds you just Trudy, her like, her spoiled nature, you know. She's shocked that anyone would call her out like that. Like, what? You don't want us here? Like, no, why would they, Trudy? Yeah, right? <laughs> oh my goodness. Like, but everyone should be graced to have my presence, Liz. Don't you know that? <laughs> like, oh, honey. I don't care if it was only a cow. I thought you were very brave. What are you going to give me for protecting you? Is that all? Cheek. Some fellas would die for that. Uh, yeah, let's um, switch gears for a bit. And I want to focus a bit on Zandra's little exchange with Lex when he returns from conquering Bluebell. <laughs> um, I think it says a lot about Zandra and her, her basically her dreams because... Um, it's like almost like the princess in her castle and the white knight coming back after slaying the dragon. She's <laughs> built up in her kind of her head this kind of fantasy. Um, but I, guess, I love it. <laughs> yeah. It's another example of the game uh, that Lex and Zondra are playing. They both mm -hmm. have this idea of how relationships work. But they're like children playing at it. You have Lex early in an earlier episode said, what do you want from me, Zandra? I've taken care of you. I've looked after you. And in his eyes, that means she owes him something. That's the way it's supposed to work. Mm -hmm. He provides for her and she gives him what he wants. And then you have Zandra, who in her version of this game, is he has to prove himself like a knight. And she gives him favors like a lady in waiting until he's proven himself enough. And then he can have her. And they're both children playing at this idea of what being in a relationship is, where you're you're both earning points to get what you want, yeah. and eventually it'll blow up on them. But yeah, I, I, this is where you see it. Like, oh my goodness. And that's why they work, because they're both willing to play the game. Like, they get it. Like, Lex understands this yeah. is Andrew's game. I have to play through these, I gotta jump through these hoops to play her game, and then I win. I will get a reward, and Zondra will give him a reward. 
And um, you can see later he doesn't know how to function with a woman who doesn't treat a relationship that way. <laughs> yeah, Because <laughs> uh, he genuinely believes this is the way it works. They both think this is the way it works. And so when one of them breaks the rules, they're genuinely confused about it. Mm-hmm. It's a very adorable m- moment. And yeah, she looks like the princess in her castle. He's the dark knight. And did I just call him Batman? <laughs> I think you did. Yeah, you did. You called him the Dark Knight. That I called him the Dark Knight. Him. I didn't. I was thinking of like just, a chessboard. <laughs> yeah, like the. Bl- I don't even want to go there. But yeah, you just called Lex is Batman. Liz said it. She secretly likes him. Actually, I hate Batman. So that's why oh, I don't want to compare him to Batman. <laughs> oh. Well, I was just thinking of the knight on the chessboard because Amber's yeah. definitely the white knight, and Lex. I was like, oh, he's the Dark Knight, you know, and. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you know we know where you're getting at i just i do that's another there's another great lex line since we're cutting that but like it's tomorrow today because of that dumb cow like are you talking about the cow or are you talking about like the girls mm-hmm. like what yeah i do like the conversation about the cow i like how that whole scene plays out and <laughs> And I actually do like the fact that whether or not you, however you feel about Lex as a leader, um, I do like that he is considering, he's listening to all the points of view. His first thought is it's food, you know, and that is a logical conclusion. Sorry, kid. I know it's your friend, but it's a cow. We need to eat. I need to provide. But then when it's pointed out to him that she could be useful, uh, more useful alive, you can see him genuinely thinking about that. Like, yeah, okay, that milk is more important than one time meal of burgers. So. I love when Chloe goes to hug him and he's like, get off of me. Yeah. I I, I did have to laugh in that scene though, because just before that, you have Jack going, careful, cows can still be dangerous, and Lex being with a not half as dangerous as Ryan when he wants a hamburger. And then, of course, Ryan immediately makes friends with the cow. Yeah. I feel like Bluebell was self sabotaging herself. That's how badly she wanted to get out of there. Yep. <laughs> she She's don't like, make I don't me care. drink any more creamer. Right, I don't care if they come and eat me. I want out. <laughs> mm-hmm. right. That's a I mean, that was some impressive echoing, but um, I know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh, the ADR man. <laughs> the ADR. Oh. ADR sound effect. I don't know, but no, I was thinking about the ADR in this episode because Patsy especially kind of annoyed me. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, it's so obvious. So on the nose. They're not like there are some episodes where the ADR is really great, and then there are others where you're just like, oh, that's so bad. Why? Why did you do that? <laughs> like Martin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like there had to be a better take. Like, what was there? A tsunami or something where they yeah. had to go to ADR? Like, come on. <laughs> that was definitely, yeah. I can't believe that's the only take that was good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Poor Dwayne. He might listen to this someday and be like, wow. (laughs) You guys suck. (laughs) Sorry, Dwayne. We love you. Not personal, Dwayne. Yeah. Early Bray is is a tool bag. What did you call me? Bray will start getting some love for me, but right now, sorry, Dwayne. what season three, two, something like that? Season four, when he's not there. Season four oh. is not there. Damn. <laughs> I was thinking about that at first. That was my first thought with season four, but I didn't say wow. it. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, Sabine. Sabine, that singed oh. my eyes. Ooh. Sabine took my burn because I was too nice to do it. Oh, <laughs> uh. what? I'm tired. <laughs> uh. Tired. My filter is switched off. We're not standing for the sexist division of chores. So we're just looking after ourselves in future. Zandra, you're making me very angry! Don't you even think about it, Lex. You put them up to this, didn't you? No. You drove them to it. Great bread, Celine. Zandra, weren't you going to show me how to do my hair? Let's talk about bread. (laughs) (laughs) The girls rebelling against Lex's sexist division of duties steps up a notch when the girls refuse to make breakfast but they make their own bread um and they all band together to help each other out um but yeah this scene kind of 
raises quite an interesting issue because it's a very delicate balance that obviously this coup against Lex is having because they need to stand their ground, but they need to be careful not to incur Lex's wrath too much because we know that he can explode if pushed. Um, so yes, just thinking about that, do you think the girls are playing with fire here? Because um, it could have easily have ended up really wrong. I think it's actually playing it just right because yeah. if Lex gets physically violent with people simply because they won't listen to him, oh, he's going to lose leadership very fast. You know mm. what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's, you know, as soon as you realize, oh, I can't even disagree with you. I'm not allowed. This is the way you're going to deal with it. You're not going to want that person to be a leader. You're not going to want them to be in charge of you if that's how they get you to do what they want by physically hurting you. And um, when Amber calls him out on it, he's, he's getting angry at Zandra. I'm warning you. Mm-hmm. And that's a really bad quality to have in a leader who, as soon as he's not getting his way or she's not getting their way, their instinct is to go to physical violence. And Amber calls him like, don't even think about it, Lex. And you see he catches himself and recognizes like, no, I, I can't, unfortunately, do that. That's not going to work. I'm not going to remain leader if I start punching people. Um, but it does say that that is a quality of his that's not going to help him keep his leadership. You know, he he can't just bully people and threaten them to do what he wants. Um, so I don't think the girls are playing with fire. If he bl- blows up, it works in their favor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I do. He, she, they know exactly where to hurt them. Because, I mean, they know the boys have been craving a good meal forever. And, yeah, I, I think it was just right. Because it's not the first time they've been, they've mentioned being worried that Lex would hurt them if he, they don't do what he wants. And Amber points out, what's he going to do to us? The other boys aren't going to let him hurt us. And yeah. she's right. The other boys would not stand for that. Sure, they're fine with making mm-hmm. the girls cooks and cleaners, but they're not okay with Lex putting his hands on them. But we've also seen that Lex talks a big game, but he doesn't always act on those games, too. Um, I'm not going to comment on that. Simply because Lex does have a history of acting out on his dark impulses if there's no one to stop him. Yes. But he wouldn't have gotten a chance. Even Robin would have jumped in. Heck, even Bray might have done something and jumped in. That's what I said. He won't. He will act out on them if there isn't someone to stop if him. There, yeah, if there's mm-hmm. not someone to stop him. So if he doesn't think someone will stop him, he'll do it. That's why I'm not going to say that he's mm-hmm. all talk. I do believe Lex will act on his violent tendencies because he has. Yeah, but I think the girls, especially Amber, made a good call in realizing they would make sure he would not get that chance. I think Amber had, there's this joke um, about black people and white people where white people have an I hope kind of uh, stand on the world. I hope things don't go wrong. I hope things go well. Where black people have an I wish, which is I wish a mother would. You know what I mean? <laughs> and Amber, the way she's talking to Lex is like, oh, I wish you would. Please, please put your hands on one of us. Come on. I wish you would. <laughs> That's what she reminds me of. <laughs> We'll go together and I'll carry the water. No way. I'm not putting my men at risk. Then we'll go on our own. It was Andrew out there with demon dogs and locos roaming around. Getting caught by that lot. She'd be a real prize, wouldn't she? They'd really like her. I can do it on my own if I have to. And I'll come with you, Amber. And me. I wouldn't let you anyway. You get caught and you'll give the rest of us away. That leads us on to um, yet another crisis that happens in the mall, which is the water leak. Um, and it's a situation where obviously Lex quickly latches on to try and get everyone back under his farm um, as he orders them all to fetch water from the stream to replenish the water tank, which has leaked. And obviously the girls refused to carry all the water for the book for the guys defending them. And a standoff ensues. Um, like, what are your thoughts again about the different reactions to this situation because on the one hand you have ryan going completely overboard saying the girls are going to die off first um, and then you have like lex terrifying Vandra. um yeah what did you think about just the fallout from that scene i like um i like that this is the moment where you really see the difference between lex and ryan um because mm-hmm. ryan can be just as selfish as lex and he's totally on board with hiding portions from people and as long as he 
you know, he wins out, he's fine going with whatever Lex wants to do. Uh, but I do like that you see this is where his line in the sand is. Ryan is not okay with making other people suffer just so that he can have what he wants. If he feels that they're going to actually, something bad's going to happen to them, he's not cool with it at that point. You know, and uh, I like that this is where you see this is his line. He won't ever go as far as Lex in that direction because he's not okay with someone else suffering. And just the idea that the girls could suffer without water is enough to throw Ryan into a moral quandary. Like, no, uh, we all know how important water is. All it takes is three days to die of dehydration. I'm not going to let that happen, you know, and it makes you wonder if he realizes the girls are right to be fighting them because why else would he, would he assume that they won't back down? You know, um, he fully believes the girls won't give in and they'd rather die <laughs> than give in, you know, and he scares Ryan. He's like, I don't want that to happen. I'm not that kind of person. Um, I like how clever Lex is about this whole thing. He realizes he can't force anybody to do what he wants. So he has to think outside the problem. And this is a very smart way to try to manipulate people to do exactly what you want by, you know, painting it as, this is practical. Come on, you guys get the water. We'll keep you safe. And he's not expecting to be questioned on this. And the way he's trying to shoot down Amber, you know, by scaring Zondra is very clever, very clever on his part. It's a good scene. Um, you, can, you can see it's all falling apart for him. Like, sorry, Lex. <laughs> it's not working. Yeah, following on from that, um, was anyone surprised by Dal's comments? Um, I, yeah, he's quite anti-girl <laughs> in his thinking. Oh, I know. What a little misogynist. I'm quite surprised. Yeah. He's worse than Jack. Like, he's vehement about it. I thought we weren't doing girls' chores. And, oh, he's just so angry. Like, he reacts. He's being put in a girl's position and he freaking hates it and he's so mad and like Dal geez I expected better of you <laughs> I think it's an important moment for Dal as well because it makes him realize what they're doing to the girls yeah like oh this sucks I don't like this you know yeah. it must have made him think a little does anyone wonder if okay we we discussed Dal and Amber's friendship and how it's usually Amber calling the shots do you ever wonder if Dal has felt emasculated by Amber and this was his chance to like, oh, all the guys. I was just going to say something like that. So, yeah, I think like, you have a very good point there. I, I just wonder because yeah. it, it seems so strange that Dal would be so on board with a system that oppresses the girls as long as he's benefiting from it. When his I best was, friend is a girl, you know. <laughs> I always thought that he was like trying oh. to like hook up with the guys more so than the girls. Like that, that was like him kind of feeling his way into the group. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean he he's he's not big. Dal's very small, you know. Um, so he can't use his force on anybody. He even in a relationship that's completely egalitarian, his female friend is the boss, you know, mm -hmm. and he does what she wants and. All of a sudden, there's a chance to get something good by dealing with the boys rather than the girls. And yeah, mm -hmm. I kind of wonder if it has anything to do with that residual resentment of emasculation. Mm -hmm. That's what I totally think. Yeah, that's, uh, I didn't think about that before. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. Because, yeah, you guys pointed out like, wow, when you think about how all the boys are acting in this episode, Dal seems the most vehement about not doing girl stuff. You know, you get the sense that Jack is just along for the ride. And if it doesn't work, oh, well, whatever, you know, but mm -hmm. uh, Dal's very angry about it. No, we're not supposed to be doing this. And how dare you make me cook? And I never learned how to do this stuff. I shouldn't have had to do it. Like, wow, Dal, take it easy. I still think it's an interesting choice to make Dal cook. Whereas Jack had already proven that he could cook in episode one or two. Well, that's another thing. Maybe that's what Dell's mad. I mean, of all the guys that ja that Lex had to choose to do the girl stuff, he picked Dal. That's almost an insult. Like, you're the least masculine amount among us. Go cook something. It's like, <laughs> oh, 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 he just... Jack, even Jack can do that. <laughs> like, he just kicked Dal metaphorically in the nads right there. Like, <laughs> go get your apron, dude. I was like, I'm the girl of the group? What? <laughs> Of course, it makes sense from Lex's point of view because, well, Jack could rat him out about the water, whereas Dal doesn't have anything on him. Nope. It's so surprising as well, though, because obviously Dal's this well, 
prospective farmer and he can like forage and you'd think he'd be able to do burnt crackers on yeah right <laughs> i i always wondered if you burnt them on purpose me just too that we wouldn't have to do it again because we see him cook I later out in the wild he can yeah he can do things in the wild it's, it's, it's surprising i don't know so why can't he cook t- like beans on toast what happened here dal like here you want me to cook you're gonna go right at it <laughs> yeah i mean that's one way to make sure nobody ever wants you to cook again <laughs> so true I mean, how can you cook on an open fire eggs and, you know, like things he's literally found out in the wild and puts a meal together and blows Trudy's mind. And he's like, oh, yeah, I learned how to do this with my parents. And yet when he's inside with the convenience of a cook stove, can't cook. Well, I know like my mom has always said that she's better at cooking on like a gas range than an electric range. I don't know. Maybe he's better cooking out in the wilderness than inside. Giving some benefit of the doubt. But they had a gas range because it's thing, not an the- open fire outside <laughs> he's more used to fire timing yeah yeah he's, he's used to like <laughs> in the elements than in the mall i don't know Nah, i think he was just sticking it to lex <laughs> the way he throws Probably. his plate in front of him there you go <laughs> the boys like it's burnt even the crackers are burnt i did like how lex just smashes the plate <laughs> hey that was one good meal for bob was I it like Celine. I never learned. I thought we weren't doing girls' chores. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great lesson for kids watching, though. Um, instead of just saying, oh, this person would be a bad leader because such and such, children are able to actually watch what it takes to be a leader, what it takes to get people to listen to you. Mm-hmm. And while Lex is very good at, you know, actually making a plan and being authoritative with his decisions, you can see his weaknesses as a leader. Instead of just being told he'd be a bad one, you get to see mm-hmm. for yourself where he falls short in the leadership uh, role. Not good with people. Admin's not his thing, you know? Um, and yet he's good at other stuff, you know? And uh, I, I think that's a really nice way to illustrate it. And you, the kids watching can contrast him with someone like Bray, who is supposed to be a really nice guy that we're supposed to be able to trust, but what is he doing the whole time? Sitting on his butt, not contributing, not helping the tribe at all. You may not like Lex, but he is doing his part for the group. And I think that's important for children to see and think about, you know? Anything the matter, Trudy? It's Bray. Yeah? He's gone into a mood. He won't talk. He's always in some sort of mood or another. I think he's going to leave. After what you said this morning, you don't really want us to go, do you? I don't want to go, Amber. I'm scared outside, even with Bray. Now with the baby and everything. Have you given her a name yet? No. Don't you think you ought to? And start taking responsibility for her? She is your child, Trudy. I know. And it would give Celine less opportunity to always be around. (laughs) Her? She was only trying to help Trudy. She was brilliant when you were ill. She can't help it if she's fallen for Bray. Well, she can just keep her hands off him. You're not listening, Trudy. I said she can't help the way she feels, but I don't honestly think she's trying to break the two of you up. You're doing that yourself. Uh, let's, yeah, let's move on to Trudy. Because um, we see a scene where she tr- tries to apologize to Amber. Um, obviously she's clearly rattled by the early conversation where Amber tells them to leave. Um... It's a little interesting scene because um, like she, she tries to apologize, but underneath it all, she's really trying to get her to help her stop Bray from leaving. Um, yeah, what were your kind of initial reactions to that scene? Um, did you think Trudy was being genuine, or yeah, like I said, it was just mostly to try and get Bray to stop leaving them all? I think it's a little bit of both, um, because I've always looked at Trudy, like I said, as a young girl who never had to think about much. She was not upset by much, not a lot to vex her. Her parents were overindulgent. They loved her. And I mean, in her flashback, the only thing, the world is ending. There's a virus. But the only thing Trudy's concerned about is a boy that she likes. That's how sheltered and perfect her world was. And I feel like this is genuine for her, her real the most important thing in the world to her is having Bray. I feel like she's very genuine about being terrified that he'll go away. And she doesn't think there's something strange about asking Amber to help her in this. She did, I don't, 
I don't think she sees it as being manipulative or uh, disingenuous. I, I think she really does believe, like, this is so important. This is the most important thing in the world to me. Please help me. And just like she didn't think there was anything weird about telling a man whose brother just died that you never loved him and you love, him, you know, the brother. <laughs> she just has never had to think about that kind of thing. And now, um, wow, you haven't really had to think about other people, have you, Trudy? Because your parents made you the center of the world. So I do think she's being genuine when she's apologizing to Amber, but it's also extremely selfish because of her childish viewpoint, if that makes sense. It, it yeah. does, but it actually always made me wonder if there was more to Trudy than just a spoiled little girl. I'm sure there is. This is just what we're seeing. Just like there's more to Ryan than some daft guy who doesn't have a clue. You know, um, this is just where Trudy is right now. She has plenty of layers. But we just mm. haven't got a chance to peel them back yet. Like, I mean, look at her reaction when Amber is like, you know, have you named your child yet? Mm. Trudy's like, oh, no, I haven't. And she's like, well, don't you think you should? And Trudy's like, yeah, I guess, maybe. I, <laughs> you know, and, and, and then, of course, she immediately just snaps it. Oh, Celine barged her way in. She's trying to steal Bray. And it's like, that's not what you should be focused on, sweetheart, you know? The baby, that's what you should be focused on. But she's just not. It's not. And even the way she's, she seems to think the way to fix this problem, that's just the, the baby's a means to an end. If she's a better mom, then Bray won't go away. And it's like, wow. <laughs> because, because one thing that she really says to Amber is that she's afraid to, that if she has to go with Bray, she doesn't there to be out there on her own even with Bray. So she wants to remain in safety of the mall. And to me it always looked like she was finally re realizing that she has to do something and well trying to make some sort of amends with Amber is a start to that. Yeah. Oh, that pie in the sky hopeful look in her eyes, man. Mm -hmm. And I've been there. I've been there. I have. <laughs> oh. I was very dramatic and emotional when I was Trudy's age. <laughs> I guess that's why I relate to her so well. Because it's like, I remember being that way. Between the ages of 13 and 15, it's like my brain blew up, oozed out my ears, and I lost my mind. And I was the most selfish I've ever been in my entire life. I'm, I'm glad my mother let me live. Um, thank you, mom. <laughs> I was so obnoxious. Uh, and I literally, the only thing that ever mattered to me were my friends and the boy I liked currently and anything else was getting in the way. And I really did believe that weird, dramatic feeling that kids get like, oh, my life is over if this doesn't go just the way I want it to. And every day, one thing can happen. And I feel like my life had just begun. Another thing can happen. I'd be like, it's over. It's over. I want to die. I want to die. And so I look at Trudy. I'm like, I've been there. I was that girl. Good Lord. So was I, which is probably why I'm reading way too much into that. And when you're in that headspace, you think you're being completely rational. Yeah. I didn't think there was anything wrong with my behavior. I honestly didn't. And I was well raised, you know, and I didn't think I was being selfish or just ugh, spoiled and unlikable. It's just something about, about the way she's dealing. And we know that Ray did put some autistic traits into some of his characters. So I always wondered after Bray mentioned that it was harder for Trudy if that was maybe something he, they were hinting at but never saying. But that's just me reading way too much into everything. I don't, I, I can't speak to whether or not Trudy might have been on the spectrum, but um, I can just say I relate to her. Yeah. I may just someday go bug Ray about that. Leaders never got us anywhere. Look at the mess they got us into. But it can't just be everyone for themselves, Bray. How about everyone for each other? <laughs> a nice idea, but it's a dream. Maybe for now. But if you don't have dreams, where are you? So, when Lex cracks, how do you see it? If he cracks. He will. I know his type. I bet you do. Do you know mine? Not yet. But I'm working on it. Oh yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about Sabine's favorite subject, Amber and Bray. 
All right, bye, guys. I'm going to start drinking now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. We have a nice, cozy scene where we see the two finally kind of relax um, as they discuss um, leadership and roles. Uh, it was a really sweet scene, and it was a, it was the first kind of scene where I first kind of thought, "Ah, oh, okay, yeah, these two are quite could be quite the couple." It was a really cute exchange, and you can feel a bit of the chemistry start to open up between the two of them. But yeah, what do you think about that scene? I wanted a bucket. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. Come on, it was cute. It was cute. Okay, I'm going to be fair. If I were a Bramber, if I was someone who really shipped these guys, I would. I would think this is adorable. You know what I mean? In a bubble, I think most of Amber and Bray scenes are adorable and very sweet. And uh, Beth and Dwayne have amazing chemistry. That's what makes it work. You know, um, so if you're a Bramber, you're allowed to enjoy this scene. It's fantastic. I'm, I'm happy for you. I really am. I personally am not a Bramber. I don't hate them or anything. I'm just not. I don't think they're the great love affair that everyone else thinks they are. For me, I, I love Amber in the scene. But when Ray smiles, that schmarmy smile, yeah, I'm I'm right with Sabine. I gag. I'm just like Amber. Don't don't fall for this. I'm my watching it today. My instinct was <laughs> exactly. Oh, Ray, I don't like this. I don't like it at all. Um, I don't believe you. I don't believe you're genuine. And I just don't like what he's talking about. Like his his excuse for not actually participating in the world and trying to make it better he's just that dreamer who's got the freaking goatee and that weird ponytail <laughs> and he just all he's missing is a guitar and a pair of sandals and it's like do you have a job do you do anything no i'm a dreamer man i believe in us all for each other i don't believe in leadership and i'm like oh because um yeah he's if he, he's been talking about this kind of community aspect since well truly back when you're talking about the baby is he yeah he's at least consistent <laughs> Ugh, we've all dated that guy <laughs> smells like patchouli wears birkenstocks no thank you <laughs> it, it is cute how about everyone for each other it's it's a cute moment it's I'm, a I'm cute not... empty sentiment that he doesn't live <laughs> up to okay that's what it is I just, I always find it shocking, like, 12 episodes in, we get our first Bramber fan service. Yeah, this is like, only the first did, time, really, yeah. Did, I mean, I don't even remember if there were Bramber fans, like, h hardcore ride or die 12 episodes in, but, like, wow. I guess they were calling it early or something? I don't even know. Yeah, no, this was, like, the first proper yeah. scene between them where you kind of kind of... So, I guess saw. this launched it all, which is hard. Like, that just makes me gag. <laughs> wow, this is... This is where it started, right here. I do like the fact that, of all the relationships, I do like the time that was put into uh, Bray and Amber. You know what I mean? Um, they don't throw these two together right away. There's, they have a lot of emotional challenges to work through, and that's very realistic, and I like that. Um, again, if I was a Bramber, this is just a beautiful moment between them. It's like, oh, this is the beginning where they're finally starting to understand each other, and that's awesome. Uh, just because I'm not a Bramber doesn't mean I can't see it or that I despise it because I don't. I don't have an issue with them. I just, I'm not in love with them. But it's just the way, it's the way Hill feels when she sees Lex and Amber. It's like, oh my gosh, it just makes her heart flutter because she really loves their chemistry and loves them. That's why I can't do Bramber. You know, if she, if they had eventually gotten together for Hill, those moments between Lex and Amber would have given her the same thrill that this scene gives Brambers. You know what I mean? So um, I'm not going to judge anybody for thinking this is amazing. It's like, I'm happy you have it. Doesn't do much for me, but that's okay. I'll wait till Tyson and Lex start getting it on and I'll get all happy. You know? <laughs> we all have our couples. Just be respectful of the couples people have. You know what I mean? I try to be fair like that. Oh, it's not that I disrespect people. No, who, I just think like, there's a lot of them and they're very vocal. They're very vocal <laughs> and it just feels forced. I mean, it, sometimes it feels I think, like uh, forced. Forced. I don't know. But it's, no, it's not forced. I don't think it's forced. I just, I think there's a lot of Bramber people, and I personally don't see it just because I don't think Bray is, you know, material that I necessarily like for Amber. But whatever. You know what? I get where Hill's coming from. It's like all the people who love Ross and Rachel from Friends. 
There's yes. so many people who love Ross and Rachel that it makes and me yet, want to vomit. When they're one of the most unhealthiest yeah, couples exactly. I've ever seen. And you're Thank surrounded you. by Ross and Rachel lovers and you're just like, ew. You know what yeah. I mean? Can we talk about that's a healthy exactly relationship it. on the show, please? Yeah. So I feel like that's where you're coming from, Hill. You're Thank just sick you. of it. Yes. You're sick yeah. of it. Like, okay, I get it. You love Bramber. There are better couples. Can we talk about them, please? Thank you. Yes. <laughs> and once it. again, for the record, Dwayne Cameron is an amazing human being. I love him as a person. I love Dwayne. Bray, not so much. Just got a disclaimer that before. <laughs> yeah. We it's love fine. you, Dwayne. <laughs> hey, Lance, I'm curious. I think, I, I think what I like most about Bray and Amber is the fact that they spend more time apart than together, if you see what I mean. I think that's what endears a lot of people to them. And see, that's, my, that's one of my biggest problems with them. They are not a couple defined by actually being in a relationship. They are defined yeah. by separating and by apart. Yeah. And yeah. that's not a relationship in my eyes. I just, that's that doesn't why, work for me. Why everyone sees the kind of, well, buys into the kind of soulmate aspect. Yeah, and I'm just yeah. like, these two never ever get past the first hurdle of actually being in a relationship because they yeah. never get the chance to have one, you know? Sure. And for some people, that's very romantic. I yeah, it's got a tragic romance about it, yeah. Right, you know? And yeah. I'm Romeo not one Juliet. of those people. So that's why it doesn't work for me because I'm just like, every time these two get back together, they're dealing with the same issue because they've never been able to get over it because they've never yeah. been together long enough to get over it. And they never just... trusted each other enough. Oh, hey, no, no, no. <laughs> no. Oh, there were always more. trust issues there. <laughs> I will just say this, that Sabine just hit on my biggest problem with the two of them. I'm not going to go into a tangent about their trust issues. But someday we'll discuss <laughs> yes, the trust we issues will. between Amber and Bray. So, yes, Sabine, I totally understand where you're coming from there. Yeah. Single-handedly protect these two because <laughs> I've got my work out for me. Good, Lance. Let your your claws out. Defend something. Go for it, buddy. I can see, yeah, future episodes we're going to have a lot <laughs> of fun. I've decided to call her Brady. Brady? Oh, yeah. I see it. It's a combination of Bray and Trudy. That's pretty cool. <laughs> That leads us to our final thoughts of the episode, um, where we the have banquet. a banquet. Yeah, um, <laughs> this scene was quite funny because I um, you see Zandra in a like a full Tudor outfit. Oh, <laughs> that is so gorgeous! Um, that Brady's name it. it. <laughs> yeah, I love the name Brady. I really do. And um, like even if it had nothing to do with Trudy and Bray, that's just a cute little name, and it cute. it's so cute. But it's so awkward for Bray, you can tell. Like, oh, yeah, let's talk about that. Because oh, how awkward yeah. was this scene? And you see that was, that was cringe. smile. Yeah. It was, uh, I felt I, so bad for Bray in that scene. I, I always wondered if she even told him she was going to name the baby that. No, she didn't. No, she yeah. totally didn't. You can tell. Like She's still living in her fairy tale world that she can get what she wants. And it doesn't matter how he feels about it. You know, she wants him, so what he feels doesn't matter. He's just supposed to fall on board. Yeah. And maybe it. she thought that naming it Brady would, like, I shouldn't call her it, but naming Brady Brady would somehow endear Bray to her. I don't know. But, like, it's just cringy. It's like, look how cute we can be. We can be a family. Yeah. I'm going to prove it to you. And he's just like, oh, no. And everyone's already yeah. talking about them like they're a couple. Despite knowing that Bray's not the father, it's already been decided for Bray that they're a couple. He's just stuck in this. And as much as I may not like him, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. That is a horrible thing. Because yeah. even Amber says it to Trudy earlier. With a, yeah, Celine's not trying to, to break up you and Bray. Yeah, she's referring to them already as a couple. Yeah, And it's like, um, you guys, you know they're not. But everyone but just wonder- sees him as that. I don't know if, like, during the banquet when they announced the name, everyone's like, oh, I see how it is. And they're very supportive of it being a combination of Bray and Trudy. Yes. I think it's, like, they. she was hoping that, like, if she made it a big deal, like, oh, see, we're trying to patch things up. He doesn't know. But now, if you guys are all on board with this, he's going to have to come to me. <laughs> he doesn't that's, know. <laughs> yeah. Because that's, like, the thing. Like, you're not going to say, oh, that's cute. You named your baby that. But you two aren't together. You're a delusional, like. I don't want to say what I'm thinking, but you're a delusional 
person you. Um, well, I think Trudy thought that was going to work because obviously <laughs> Maria has that falling out over Martina and the Zutina line. Why did she think like connecting Bray would? <laughs> I know, I know why in her mind. Delusional. But, like... <laughs> she's a, she's a child living. She in was a hopeful. She's a child living in a fantasy. And that's all that matters right now is that fantasy. She can't see outside of it and she doesn't want to see outside of it. This is a safe fantasy to have and she's all in for it. It's an, it, it's a selfish kind of love. You know, it's a selfish affection to have for somebody. It's the same way Martin treated her. I want you. I care about you. I don't care how I get you. I don't care how you feel about it. You know, and if you don't get on board, I'm going to cry and throw a fit. It's the female equivalent of a man asking a woman to marry him in public. A woman he knows doesn't yes. really want to get married. If I put her in a public setting where she will be pressured to accept it, I can guarantee she, I'll get what I want from her. And there are plenty of people who fall for that. They're just, everyone's there. There's the, there are the game and the teletrons. Like everyone can see them. You can't say no. And that's exactly what she did right now. I think it wasn't just to get a Bray, it was also to get a Celine. Yes, absolutely. Like a, look at us. Staking, staking her claim, look, this baby is named after him. It's a so public mine. It's yeah, it's just a whole it's to get at everything. She is she's marking her territory is what she's doing. You know, <laughs> no one will now be able to claim that that is not her space. Like she did it in a very public way where, you know, and now, and of course, Bray couldn't say a thing. He yeah, anything you can because now, if you fight. say anything, you don't. You're against her, and you don't want them to work out, and you're in their business, and you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It, it's all on you, not her being crazy. Suddenly, it's, you. you know, if Bray says anything right now, he's discouraging her progress. Everyone's yeah. happy that she's naming her child and that she's trying. And if he says, "Oh, that makes me uncomfortable." Um, I don't really want my niece named after me in that way. I sort of suggest that I'm her dad and I don't want that. Everyone's going to be like, wow, Bray, you're such a jerk. You know? You're a tool. <laughs> you can literally see the weight of responsibility hitting his shoulders. He was like, yeah. no. <laughs> Run. <laughs> right? I'm so, I give them prop. Like, if this really happened in real life, like the not running away, like, <laughs> you're crazy and booking it out of there. Um, yeah, sticking with the banquet. Uh, obviously, we um, <laughs> have Patsy's fantastic line. Not that sexy, Rota. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love, I love that line. line. But yeah, it was nice to see them all bonding. Um, obviously, apart from Lex, who we see in his office. Brooding. How to take care of Amber, yeah. <laughs> he did love that just before this banquet, that Ryan instantly figured out that okay so if i get you some water can i have some of this pie i love that scene between them all talking um you know zandra and celine and ryan uh it's such a sweet scene i love the friendship between zandra and ryan and his unrequited crush on her and i love how he puts two and two together like i love pie <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's such a it's such a sweet, well acted scene and it's I love so how he it's he adorable. Together, you know the like, delivery. If I got you water, could I have a piece? And the girls are just like, got him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, so Ryan. That would be helpful. You know, and um I just I love that. And I think it it's a great like carte blanche move for Amber. And and Lex knows she's won this round. He knows, you know what I mean? It's, it's great. She's just like, check and mate, mofo. And he's, all he can do is go in his office and brood about it. Like, I don't know how I'm going to come back from this defeat. <laughs> uh, it's very, very clever. Because um, the girl's like, what are we going to do now, Amber? And she's like, don't worry, we go in for the kill. And it, it worked. It was a masterful move, man. It really is. She got everybody on board. Everybody's like, yes. You know, she uses Trudy naming the baby as a way to get everybody at the table. We're celebrating. So everybody's welcome to sit here, you know. And hey, Ryan helped out so he can join us. And hey, boys, you know, Jack and Dal, we want you to see what will happen if you work with us too. And it's, it's just masterful. So clever. And... I love she, she was so skilled in just saying 
Lex, do you want to join us? Because <laughs> there was no way he could really say yes. Now, without losing days, I love when he's like, you guys, I want to talk to you now. And they're like, but the pie will get cold. <laughs> <laughs> and it all comes back to his earlier comment about nobody gets between Ryan and his hamburgers. True. No one comes yeah. between Ryan and his food. Not even Lex wanting something. Mm -hmm. So brilliant. Masterful stroke. Yep. Even the way that scene is filmed is fantastic when uh, you got yeah. Lex coming up the stairs and Bob. Like, in the, sorry, That's one Bob. of my favorite shots. There's a lot of great stairs. shots in this one. And I yeah. love those up the stairs shots. Yeah. And, and Bob is just laying there. <laughs> laying there. Guarding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that annoyed me so much in the beginning when the girls were all up in the cafe. And they put up this barricade and they put Bob in front of the barricade. I was like, don't worry, ladies, I got it. Mm -hmm. But all I was thinking was, oh, poor Bob. Oh, yeah, you remind me, yeah, there was quite a few good shots in here, because um, I remember there yeah. was a scene with um, Amber, Zandra, and Celine, where it's kind of the reverse shot of the yeah, two in the mirror. Yeah, you can only yeah. see two of the girls in the mirror. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Really well done. Yeah. It's yeah. a good one, too. Some very good, clever uh, camera work in this. And I think now, like, you know, we're at the point in the story where we've gotten through all of the talking points so now they're using the camera a lot more as a character which is really cool like mm -hmm. they're able to do some of those cooler shots and yes zandra's outfit at the banquet is top notch amazing i want it i was like okay marie antoinette i love this it's a good look she got to be her princess <laughs> yeah and they all have little little touches little decorative touches you know amber's mm -hmm. got colors in her hair you can see celine has like little sparkles to accentuate her makeup, the kids, even uh, even Trudy is wearing a little bit of glitter, a little bit of sparkle and gems on her cheekbones. And I'm like, oh, it's nice. Look at them. They all have something to celebrate. It's another sense of occasion. A sense of occasion. <laughs> and I love when Amber does things to her knots. I just think it looks great. And red is such yeah. a good color on her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I love that she got Sandra involved with that. Like, acknowledging Sandra has that skill. I was going to be a hairdresser. I was going to go to class for it and everything. Yeah, you still can be. That's what I like about you, Amber. You're so positive. You always believe good things will happen. Like, oh, Sandra, you're so sweet. <laughs> but even when they mention there not being any batteries, she instantly goes, ah, I'm sure Jack and Del will work something out eventually. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great moment between the girls. Yeah. yeah. I did think there was something interesting about that scene, since this is our final thoughts. Um, this stuck with me. Well, uh, you know, Celine, her refusal to simply admit that she's into Bray. You know what I mean? And how irritating mm -hmm. Zandra finds that. Yeah. And uh, I was curious about that, because Zandra is not a hypocrite. She's very straightforward and honest. Um, one of the most mm -hmm. honest and genuine characters. Um, and so it is obvious that Celine likes Bray. Everyone can tell. And they've all called her out on it. And yet she insists on playing the Vestal Virgin, I guess is the best way to say it. Like, for some yeah. reason she feels ashamed for liking him. Like, she shouldn't. Like, she's not allowed to be interested in this guy. And to admit so is to say something bad about herself. Because she's really hanging on like, I do not. I don't know what you're talking about. And it's like, <laughs> like, come on, Celine. Everybody knows. Like, why are you acting like you don't feel that way about him? I did find that fascinating. I'm kind of curious as to why Celine is so adamant not to admit that she likes Bray. I think that might just be because everyone looks at Bray and Trudy as a couple. And she doesn't, really be, she doesn't want to be the one to break up the family. I get that. But like so much of the show, just like with, you know, Trudy and the baby, like if we would just talk about our thing... Like, we would save so much time. Like, I want Celine to tell everyone that she has these feelings. I think she's just more concerned about what people will think of her. Because she's not mm -hmm. concerned about breaking up Bray and Trudy. Her actions yeah. prove that. She doesn't actually care about being the person who breaks them up. She just doesn't want to be... Seen um, as a homewrecker. Yeah, she doesn't want to be judged yes. publicly by everybody. Yeah, but like, I don't know. I think I would just like... Uh, how to, what was the term like respect her more almost like just come out and say it 
Yeah, but at that age. Oh, I think her actions are perfectly appropriate for her age. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm not looking at her going, well, why can't she be? She's 15. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I don't think there's anything odd about it. I just, I'm curious as to, you know, what's going on in her head and recognizing that behavior from being that age. Cool. So that brings episode 12 to a close. Uh, thank you once again to the panel and we will see you next time for episode 13 so until next time bye 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 bye